This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. All right. Should we hit the twin show intro here? Can we do not do load it on this on uh on this side oh. here, on the StreamYard oh, side? Oh boy. Okay. Oh. I mean we can we don't have to like edit this out or anything. I just feel like, you know, feel naked without the twin show open. You know? Well, let me see here. Let me just see something. Play the theme song? Hold on a second. Okay, here we go. Ready? Yep, ready. All right. Let's. By the way, don't edit this out. Leave this in here, okay? Yep. You know the audience needs to see us with our flaws and all. They can't just see us at our peak perfection. Okay. Here we go. It's the Score North Twin Show. Welcome in to the Score North Twin Show here with Mackie, Judd, Declan. Uh, where we just want the Minnesota Twins to win a playoff game at some point for the first time in almost 20 years. Judd, are you going to do the whole show with a bat on your shoulder to try I'm and inspire do it with a the bat Twins? In... To... Exactly right. It, it, because it's okay to get a hit. That's what I want the Twins to know out in Oakland. <laughs> it's okay to draw okay a walk. To get a hit. It's okay to get a hit. It's okay to It's okay to move a runner over to manufacture a run, too. Yep. That's it's okay bad. to That's hit a bad. Joey Gallo. Gallo specifically. It's okay to hit a sacrifice fly. A sacrifice an fly no. is when a runner is on third and you hit a fly ball to the outfield, the ball is caught. You are out, but the runner scores from third base. I think he's only done that three times in his career. That's so, not a true outcome, Phil. I'm I'm against that. It's not a strikeout, a walk, or a or a home run. So uh all right, let's get into this here, boys. Jim Suhan kind of on fire this week with so he had the the sit down with Joe Polab, but then he comes out with maybe even a more interesting column at the Star Tribune, startribune.com. By the way, we'll get to uh, some Twins feedback from you guys and also an Immaculate Grid challenge, too. But here's what Jim wrote. And Jim is, for for the audience that maybe doesn't like, I don't know, we probably have some people that don't read newspaper columnists who consume this show. Jim is super plugged into, he used to cover the Twins. Uh, He's a ball guy, super plugged in at Target Field. Target Field was filled with tension last weekend. Twins executive chair Joe Polad expressed disappointment in the team's performance and used the word urgency. Private conversations with a number of members of the organization revealed a deep frustration over the direction of this season, given the large cash outlay for stars Carlos Correa, Byron Buxton, and Pablo Lopez, with Correa and Buxton spurring the greatest angst, this is internal angst, because of their poor at-bats and production. 
The Twins begin the post-All-Star portion of the season on Friday night in Oakland with every opportunity to win the division. If they don't win the division, it's increasingly difficult to imagine a winter without change in the baseball operations. What are your thoughts? Well, I find that to be very intriguing because Jim just talked to Joe Polad and wrote an interesting column, but it appears he came away with more information off the record that he probably couldn't write on Monday, right? Mm -hmm. So I think if you're putting the pieces of the puzzle together, I think it's logical to think that, you know, when Joe Polad said, I'm not patient, Jim probably said, how impatient are you? And Joe said, off the record, you know, this has to improve. A lot of very expensive pieces on the hitting side not performing. Um, Clearly, Falvey and Baldelli don't want to make any changes. So I think at some point in time, for Joe Polad, you know, he has to say, well, if you're not going to make changes, something's going to have to change. It feels like the fact that they have the easiest schedule left is probably going to buy them time to prove that they can win the division and win a playoff game. But, uh, yeah, I think patience is wearing thin, and I don't think that Jim Suhan is pulling this column from out of thin air. Yeah, I, you can't, with the easiest schedule they have, We I ran through some of those teams on our hit with Royce on Friday as well. That I mean, they play the Tigers a bunch. They play the A's a bunch. They play the Royals still. They have, like, seven against the White Sox. With you having the easiest schedule, the path is here, here. And, look, there has been some bad luck. There has been uh, guys in slumps, and they're banked on the fact that they will get out of this. And at the end of the day, yes, players play and coaches coach. Managers manage, as Lou Nanny says. But it's hard to imagine a world where if they don't make the playoffs, that they just continue to run this back without some type of significant change in the offseason. Yeah, I don't – I just – it doesn't even have to be controversial. It's like, okay, so have been trying really hard here the last few years – you see some of the trades that have kind of gone awry as well. Uh, just like 30,000 feet organizationally, would you, would you argue, argue this? I, I think there's like the, there's the argument of, should you fire someone? Let's flip it around. Could you really sit here and argue that the front office should not, let, let's say they don't win the division, they miss the playoffs or something, right? And we can talk about like what the bar should be. Can you really sit there in October and November if they miss the playoffs for another year in this division while pumping money into Correa and Buxton and the pitchers and stuff, right, and the trades they've made, and say, yep, let's run it back a fourth year. Let's let's just everything the same. Baseball operations the same. Manager the same, right? I don't, unless you guys want to take that stance, like, I don't know that you can even credibly make that argument. So here's my next question for you guys. What do the Twins need to do here in the next three months, the rest of the regular season and or postseason? What do they need to do to keep everyone's job intact from your perspective, right? Like the the the, the main top of the baseball operations, Rocco, like what would need to happen for all of those stakeholders and leaders to still be in their positions opening day 2024? Well, I think for Rocco especially, um, I need to see them win the division. I need to see them win at least a playoff game, if not a series. Uh, but it, th- this is also going to depend on how this looks as well. So, like, I, this is why you have to watch games. Like, like you can't just go by statistical analysis alone. 
Um, Because what really surprises me now is I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to say this team right now is in desperate need of some type of move and shakeup because that's what gets players going. I mean, players are not, are not, you know, they're not just toys in a game. They're human beings. And the way that this team is going offensively, they need a shakeup. Case in point, they met in Atlanta after being swept. They went to Baltimore and scored eight runs and then went dead ass again immediately. So the fact that they won't shake things up, if I'm a boss, really concerns me. But to answer your question, to keep their jobs, to keep Rocco's job especially, I think you got to make the playoffs. And I think you got to win at least a playoff game, if not a playoff series. Because if this continues to track like this, I feel like Rocco's faults have been very, very exposed. I don't think winning a bad division and and then being swept out of the playoffs should guarantee him safety. I think it's too prone because I, I see a path where let's say the twins do get hot here and you know, they start to distance themselves in the central, you know, they clinch it in mid September, they clinch it pretty early and things were going really good in the second half of the season. But if you're swept out of the playoffs again, and now there's more damning evidence against Rocco and Falvey in that regime, still not being able to win a playoff game. I still think changes happen now. All right. Excuse me. I would want changes to happen. The problem is, is the Twins' ownership will look at, but hey, in the second half, we did pull away. Correa started to hit a lot better. Buxton stayed healthy and was hitting bombs, right? Like, they're going to hold on to that. But I truly don't think you can run this back, even with the bad division in your lineup, to still win it, unless you at least make some significant noise, which the bar for me is a playoff game, but probably more like making it a five-game series and, yes, most likely advancing to an ALCS. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's the most embarrassing streak in team sports in North America. And I know that it doesn't get talked about because it's not the Yankees. It's not a New York team or an LA team or whatever, but every other team in major league baseball has won a playoff game in the last like 15 years. I think 2009 is like the, like the, maybe the angels or somebody you got to go back to 2009. Everybody else. I mean, the Mariners didn't go to the playoffs for 20 years. That streak is over because they went last year. Right. So it it's just sitting here. It's embarrassing. Oh, and, eight, and I, I would almost rather have the Mariners where, no, don't get me wrong. I'd rather the Twins go to the playoffs. But in terms of embarrassment, not going to the playoffs for 20 years is embarrassing. Going 0-18 in your playoff games is impossible. Like, it's just, <laughs> yes. it's impossible. Yep. So it shouldn't be that much to ask if you're Joe Poled to go down to Derek Falvey, Thad Levine, Rocco Baldelli, the leaders of this franchise, and say, guys, it's all right there. We've pumped all this money into the team. We've got one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. We're in a garbage division in which there are no teams over 500 right now at the All-Star break. Yep. Go win a playoff game. Please end this absurd 0-18 streak. And if not, nothing is safe. It really like at this because the only the only way by the way you can get get to a to point where you win a playoff game is to win the division because you really can't be a wild card team with the way that like you're several games back of the of the wild card spot so you have to so winning the division is like a prerequisite here win the division and I'm with you guys go win 84 games win a bad division and then win a playoff game and then maybe we can talk I'm not saying it guarantees anything but maybe we can talk if you win a bad division with 84 wins and then get swept. What are we doing here? You know, that would be my question. Yeah, and the thing, too, here is for 
Joe Polat especially, okay? You went from Jim to Joe. I would assume it was for a reason. And yes, Carl and then especially Jim were hands-off as you can possibly get. I mean, your your team literally had to go off a cliff for Jim to, to, to make a change. But, you know, I would challenge Joe is you got this job for a reason. You are at Target Field every day for a reason. Um, your family has for a long time gotten a rap as being cheap as can be, which we know is not true. They're spending a ton of money on this team. They're spending, I mean, every improvement to the stadium is theirs, right? Mm -hmm. So I would challenge Joe, take some pride here and don't just don't follow what Jim did. Carve your own path. And so if your patience, because nothing he says is going to mean a thing until it's acted upon. So it is high time for the poll ads are disinterested in their baseball team, which is how it comes across far more than being cheap. It's high time for that to end. And you've now had, this isn't like one bad year. This is now a run of really bad baseball where there's been no accountability. Your pitching is now good. You can't hit, despite the fact that you are are paying a lot to guys that are supposed to hit. So if there's not repercussions for failure, especially in a division that's a complete embarrassment, or if like the bear, you know, oh, we won the division, got swept again. No, at some point in time, you need to prove that you got this job for the purpose of holding people accountable and making moves like, like this, this twins thing of, well, you know, Terry Ryan has a lifetime contract. And I know that is now a long time ago, but Baldelli and Falvey especially have to be accountable here. And if you don't have what you deem to be success, and I don't mean winning a bad division at 500, I mean, real success, then yeah. Something has to change before anyone takes you as Joe Polad seriously. Don't you guys also find it interesting here? We're sitting here, we're recording this episode before the three-game series against Oakland. They got on the plane, they went to Oakland. Yeah, they've sent was- they've sent out like the sort of the pre-series media guide. At this point, there's been no changes to a team that just got rocked in the last three games going into the break, right? This so the pitching staff, okay. Like, let's ride it and see what happens. This lineup has now gone down to, I think it's, I believe in terms of runs per game, it's like the fifth or sixth worst offense in all of baseball. Mm -hmm. 17 hitters with at least 90 plate appearances for this team. Only six of the 17 have an OPS above league average. So you're just running out direct on a nightly basis. To not make any change, like no Note you've had four or five days here to kind of gather yourself, right? No trades, no DFAs, no Matt Walner. Isn't that fascinating? Yes. All right, let's just take a deep breath during the All-Star break. That I mean, that's pretty bold, right, to do nothing in these four days? If you told me um, between the end of that Braves series where the Twins were swept on a Wednesday, Thursday off, Friday in Baltimore, when Baldelli, for him, went ballistic. If you were to tell me, here's the thing, though, they're going to do nothing, I would have been like, really? So actually, this one does not shock me. Mm. But yes, I think it's brazen. And look, a really good comparable here, because this franchise has changed their uh, mode of operation a lot in the last 15 years or so, is the Yankees. You know, the Yankees are no longer this impatient, Aaron Boone, we're struggling, you're gone team, right? But even the Yankees, and it's a perfect apples-to-apples comparison, went from a hitting coach who was a nondescript, no-name guy, and they're having the same problems, and said, you know what? 
we're going to shake it up and bring in Sean Casey. Not because we're certain it's going to work, but because, and this Phil goes back to what you talked about, I think two weeks ago now, but because Sean Casey has a resume that people are going to respect and maybe it will provide a jolt. You know, would firing, would admitting that you screwed up on David Popkins really be this, oh my God, they fired Popkins, now they're all gone? Um, you know, Kevin O'Connell got to the end of last year and said, I screwed up my defensive coordinator. I'm mm-hmm. just going to make a clean break and change. Mm-hmm. This pride goeth before the fall crap, I think, is incredibly stupid. And I do think that the Sean Casey move is a perfect parallel to what the Twins could have done, but yet absolutely refused to do. What other MLB network analysts can we plug? Can we get Mark DeRosa? Mark DeRosa. Mark DeRosa <laughs> might be good. He actually probably would be good. Wasn't he? The Didn't manager he, like, of do some international. Yeah. In the, uh, oh, the World Baseball Classic. World Baseball Classic. That's right. But, you know, at least that's the type of move that we're talking about, right? It's not like this Kevin Millar. How about up. Kevin Millar? <laughs> Kevin Millar. I love it. Let's make it happen. Trevor Plouffe. Oh, dude. Plouffe right now, available. you said David Popkins or Trevor Plouffe? Plouffe. Although, all due respect to Plouffe, if we're trying to get rid of, like, the low on base, hit a home run a couple times a week yeah. type of hitter, that's I'm kind of saying, what he was in his career. <laughs> but I think your point is they're doing nothing when something almost strikes you as a must. Yeah. I would just... If, if you're a frustrated player in that clubhouse, and there are frustrated players in that clubhouse, wouldn't you be looking around saying, where is the, we keep using the word accountability, but you can't, here, here's another way to put it. Why is there such a strong tolerance for poor performance? That would be so disheartening at any organization, right? God, there's this Yahoo over here who just doesn't do anything at work all day, right? But just keeps his job. Actually, Let's get into some feedback here because there's there's a couple parallels here. We'll uh we'll dive into the comment section here. Feedback tab, score north app, and then the YouTube comment section. And we'll try to mix these in at least once a week, if not more, on the Score North Twin Show. So this is from our friend Christoph from Germany, loyal listener here. Christoph from Germany says, As I am from Germany, there is one thing you need to explain to me. Why are you and others constantly dumping on Max Kepler? Uh, it is clear he's not living up to his expectations offensively, but who does right now on this team? See, first, let me pause. That's not, people do this like, well, why are you picking on that player? There's all these other players that, well, you got to start somewhere. All right, if 10 cars are speeding or whatever, like, well, why are you picking on that one? I don't know. You're all speeding. You're all under <laughs> Yeah. He has the fourth most RBIs, third most home runs on the team. Well, the team, but the team is a very low bar. Despite missing some games, I get the criticism, but to me it goes way too far at a point where Judd's calling him unplayable. What is the reason that there's this kind of hate on Max Kepler? He's been a colossal disappointment. He's had one good good year when the ball was juiced in 2019. He was benched sort of platoon for a, a while. Uh, you know, has been talked to twice. Now is starting every game. I'm tired of it. I, I I think that he is the exact type of guy. I, I mean, somehow he actually right now is behind or is ahead of Kirilov in in who plays. And I don't understand that at all. And Max Kepler, in my opinion, and from what I hear in the opinion of some who are very important with the twins, should have been traded in the offseason. I, I mean, yeah. I'm just I'm I'm tired of you know, this whole thing, and it, it applies in fairness to Gallo too, you guys, but this whole thing of, well, the shift is gone, just wait, just wait. 
What have I waited for? Yeah. Well, Max, this is his eighth full season in the major leagues. And some of this is expectations, right? He was one of the top prospects in the organization. I think he was a top 100 Baseball America prospect, super talented young guy. So he came in with a certain level. I don't think it was quite Buxton Sano expectations, but no. he came in with pretty high expectations. Yep. And in those eight seasons, the only two seasons in which he's finished with an above average uh, weighted on base average is 2019 with the juice ball. Mm-hmm. And 2020, which was a shortened season, and and he was just above average. He was not a great hitter in 2020 either. So, like, this season, dude, he's 30 years old. He's one of the veteran hitters in his prime right now, making quite a bit of money. He's not making, you know, uh, Carlos Correa money, but he's making quite a bit of money. And he's been worth .4 wins above replacement, and he has a two seventy nine on base percentage. And there's and Gleeman reported that he refuses to play center field. Not that he'd be like your starting center fielder, but you know there's there's some rumblings that that people are fed up with him behind the scenes for some re, for productivity reasons and some other reasons. And so instead of being a front facing team leader here, he's just been a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are other players who've been disappointments, but like yeah, you got to start somewhere when you're going through the the list. Um. Martha Reese chimes in, says the twins lack heart and it's palpable. Things aren't clicking for the fans or the players. The management traded a likable guy who's become a core player for the Marlins because of the energy he brings and what he does at the plate, hoping Royce Lewis can get and stay healthy as he could become a fan favorite and spark plug for the twins. Can we talk about that? Can we talk about health for a second? So Derek Falvey, Obviously went to Joe Poland at some point shortly after last season came to an end and said, God, you know what? Our athletic trainer, we've had too many problems. Got to blow him out. So they, they hire, I think his name is Nick Paparesta. And I'm sure he's good. I'm not questioning him. But I am questioning this. Have the Twins been healthier? Have they avoided problems? And I've seen Paparesta fall on the sword for, I believe, at least two, including, oh, yeah, two. Theobar and Polanco being brought back too quickly. So again, when Derek Falvey comes to me and says, I am going to redo our training staff because damn it, we're going to get this right. And you don't get it right at all. Like these are the type of things that might strike you as between the margins, but they drive me absolutely crazy. It's like the third time, by the way, since Target Field Open that they've had this like training staff epiphany of we got to get a new training. But doesn't that stuff like catch up to you at some point? If you're Derek, shouldn't that catch up to you? Like, you are literally saying, this guy's going to get this right. And he goes and tells, and kudos to Paparesta, but he goes and tells the media, that Polanco thing, all on me. I brought him back way too quick. Yeah, I mean, it was. I think it was ambitious, to use a kind word, to look at last season and say, you know what? We were just unlucky with injuries. That's the only thing. Everything else in this organization is dialed, baby. We've got oh, this thing ready right. to rock, and we just got we just got uh, off to the wrong start, uh, and and it never picked up from a training standpoint. Like, I mean, that was the only major change from back to back disappointing seasons. Was you know what we could uh, use around here a better trainer, and it hasn't worked. Sean K chimes in says rant incoming. By the way, I I promise I am not like cherry picking negative comments here whether it's YouTube or the feedback emails we get, and we get a a ton, 
I don't want you guys to think the audience out there that oh, we're just this is negative scoring our twin show. You guys are just just trying to you know fuel the flames here. No, people are Twins fans are fed up right now. Twins fans are pissed. That's why we're here. So yeah, we're just we're your Twins therapists here. Okay, that's that's our job. Wait, by the way, so the Scorner Twin Show was dormant for two years. I think you and Jake DePew did some episodes like in 2021 in Declan. Yep. But it's been a dormant podcast feed for two years because we just, yeah, we don't have a huge staff here. And, you know, they're just like the the demand for Twins content was not, I I don't think people were as pissed as they are now. They certainly weren't elated. Uh, In the first week relaunching the Scorner Twin Show, we hit 25th on the Apple National Baseball podcast charts. Thanks to you guys. So we appreciate you. It was the the highest ranking twins related podcast. Um, So thank you guys. We're going to, we're going to keep these therapy sessions going. Sean K says rant incoming. I do kind of wish we'd stop with this nonsense about trading for Pablo Lopez being a mistake. I think only us twins fans would complain about not being able to develop homegrown pitching. And at the same time, our team's pitching is among the best in Major League Baseball. The Twins made an equal trade from a position of strength for a position of weakness. Yep. And all of those things are true, but the complaint is more about six or seven years of no internal pitching coming through the pipeline, thus forcing you to trade an asset like Luis Arise. If you had like two more Bailey Obers that you had developed and now you have a pretty good pitching rotation, guess what? Luis Arise is in your lineup right now, flirting mm-hmm. with 400 and leading the entire league in on-base percentage. Or maybe not, because maybe there's something that the Marlins are doing scouting-wise and coaching-wise that's elevating him even more than what he was last year. So, yes. like, that's... Like, Pablo Lopez is a good pitcher, and it's great to have him, and he's helping the Twins pitching staff be one of the best in baseball. But, like, to get him, you had to trade this other asset that was awesome in helping your lineup. Well, and you also arrived... With the with the headline being you develop pitching, right? You know it's like unbelievable chef comes to town, and then it's like here's some bacon and eggs. But it, unbelievable chef, I wanted more than this. Here's some oatmeal. Yeah, <laughs> here you go. Here. What, what about here's some uh, iceberg lettuce <laughs> and some you know cold That's good. sliced chicken. A good iceberg. Oh man, is that, that, is that the preferred lettuce for you? Iceberg. I do like it. I do really? Oh, oh, nice crunch. One time, I'm pretty sure we played a game on our show where we had Judd try to name and match forms of, like, lettuce. Like, can oh, Judd God. identify I arugula? Can Judd identify romaine? I think my two <laughs> biggest, I think my two bit biggest disastrous segments like that were that one, which was a complete disaster, and then... Name your and coworkers? Then Hubbard employee or, like, <laughs> soccer player. Or indoor, I don't know. It was is this an employee that Judd has known for at least five years, or is it like a contestant on American Idol? Yeah. You know? I completely whiffed. <laughs> Bernie Lauer and Judd's yeah. like, oh man, uh sounds like a singer. I'm not sure. Yeah, Packer fan. <laughs> so all right, that's that's enough of the negative comments. You know what now, I got? We are we are here as your therapist. I got the I got the idea. It came to me. Twins new hitting coach. Our guy, Smalley. Roy Smalley, Smalley. He knows go. a lot about hitting. Really he good. Coach. You're not he doing much be... work for Bally's. Roy Smalley. 
Playing for the Rangers right there should be the hitting coach. I don't know that he would fit with the philosophy of the organization. He also, I think, but... makes a lot in, in doing what he does currently. Probably wouldn't take the job, but yeah. Roy, Roy would be good. Yeah, I think, uh, I think I'd think i sign up for a little, little old school kick in the pants for, for some of these guys. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, boys, let's get to the immaculate grid here. We try to do this every once in a while here. Maybe I don't. Know, I, I think we should do it every time we do a twin show. Yeah, we can. Get sick of it, but yeah. for me, perhaps the, Declan uh, could look this Dex, up. Dex, could you uh, could you just look up a few stats for me? What's here, the, what's the, what's the uh, batting average for the nineteen oh one Senators? Dex, maybe, maybe you have that in better. front of you. You got that? How many intentional walks did Brad Radke issue in 2006? Um, you have that in front of you? But back to my point of, of like obscure stats, I think we could even like, I mean, we can do Immaculate Grid every time we do a twin show, but we could also do like, give me all the opening day shortstops for the twins since 2010. Like we could like, we could do fun stuff like that too. Yes. That I'll try to come up with. Yeah, but I do love cool. the grid. I love the yeah. I love the feeling of the accomplishment when it gets filled in. Yes. Hey, the grid real quick is sponsored today by our friends at 3M Open. Okay, super fun event. If you've never been to a PGA Tour event, and there's some top pros here, man. There are some, there are some like Hideki Matsuyama just opted in a couple days ago. You might even get a late reg or two sometime in the next couple days. Exactly. Yeah, Tony Finau is going to come to uh, defend his title here at the Twin Cities at 3M Open. You go to 3MOpen.com slash tickets to get yours today to watch some of the best golfers in the world. Go to 3MOpen.com slash tickets to, uh, to watch some of the best golfers there are. Can you guys see this okay? Can we yeah. zoom in at all? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So we've got Atlanta, Cincinnati. Is that right? Yeah. yeah so, so for the, for the right. audio audience, the visual audience, you, you'll see it here. It's a tic-tac-toe grid. Um, Declan can kind of explain here for the audio audience. All right, so from left to right for the podcast audience, we need a brave and a pirate. We need a brave and a blue jay, and we need a brave with a 300-plus batting average season. Okay. In the middle grid, we need reds, a reds and a pirate player. We need a reds and a blue jays player and a reds player who hit 300. And the bottom grid, this one's a little fun. We need a hall of famer that was a pirate, a hall of famer that was a blue jay, and a hall of famer that batted 300. We're going to put five minutes on the clock here. So we have five minutes to fill out these nine. And ideally, if we feel comfortable at some point, going for the the lowest rarity score. So they give you like the percentage of of how many people are guessing that player. The more obscure players you can nail, the better your rarity score. Right. So go. Because I, I would like to start us off with Atlanta. Okay, hold on, and... hold on, hold on. Three, two, one, go. Let me start the go? clock. Okay. We go. Okay. I would like to start us off with a brave and a pirate, former gopher, Denny Nagel. Yes. That should not be, that should Denny be very Nagel, rare. Dude. 2%. 2%? Wow, 2%. I'm even surprised too. Yeah, that's that's good. Pirate okay. and red would be uh, John Smiley would be a choice, oh, right? Judd. He fit for both teams. Yes. Um, Early 90s Judd right now. Uh, is... From 86 to 97? Yep. Yep. Okay. 2%. 2%. Okay, pirates who are Hall of Famers. Well, Barry Bonds. Oh, not Barry Bonds is not a Hall of Famer. Nope. Uh, is Bill Mazeroski a Hall of Famer? Bill Mazeroski, Clemente, Willie Stargell. Let's go. Stargell. Who's the Who's the more rare one there, Stargell or uh, or Maz? 
Mass. Okay. I got to think it's Mass. Mazeroski. Is it M-A-S or M-A-Z? Z. M-A-Z. He's Mazeroski. Yep. He's a Hall of Famer, right? Yes. For defense. 72. Yep. Yes. He's a definite Hall of Famer. 6%. That's pretty good with the big old dip in the back or sunflower seeds there in the bottom left. Didn't he once have a game-winning hit against the Yankees in a World Series, like a World Series winning? Are you serious? Are you kidding me? Right. It was the hit, right? Game 7 at Forbes Field against... The Yankees. I was right. Uh, no, no, I thought you were joking because it's a famous, famous Are you thing. Me? I know it's a famous thing. And but you're I was really just good at ba- baseball trivia and stuff. So, yes. Right. yes so, Blue run. Jay Hall of Famer, I've, like Joe Carter, um, Paul Molitor. Is Joe Carter a Hall of Famer? It's got to be a Hall of Famer. Paul Molitor is. Molitor is. I mean, that, that's a sure one. I'm trying to think of other ones. I mean, I'd be shocked. I mean, Jack Carter Morris. Hall of Famer. I, Jack Morris? Jack Morris, yep. I think um, I think Joe Carter is, but I don't feel completely safe because I know that the two Phil has thrown out so far. I know for sure are. Okay, let's do Jack Morris is probably Jack the rare Morris. One here, right? Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Jack Morris. We're doing well here. We got over three minutes. 3%? Three percent. Oh, this is nice. a great rare. Good job, Phil. Good here. Okay, let's. Uh, should we clear out the three hundred seasons here, just yeah. just to be done? With yeah, this? and let's do the uh, Hall, Hall of Fame one. Is so who's the most obscure Hall of? Well, let's just throw a Hall of Famer with a three hundred batting average uh, season. There's so mm-hmm. many we could. I, I feel like obscure might be tempting fate. How about Kirby? Okay. Just in case. Great one. How about Kirby? Kirby sure. Puckett. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Let's nice do it. job. Nice. That'll be rare. Under that'll be under ten percent. Zero point six. Oh, let's 0. go. 6. Dex. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Go. All right. Okay, for a red, I mean Pete Rose, Pete Rose. is the obvious one. Yeah. What other uh did Barry Larkin ever hit three hundred? Oh. He's a three hundred hitter, wasn't he? Hal Morris. Hal Morris? Um, Barry Larkin, I think did. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he did. Maybe we should just, maybe we should just be safe. Pete Rose is safe. Um, should we go safe and just, plus we have, we have two minutes left, so we should probably, yeah, let's just do it. No, let's get going. 36%. So that's Uh, And then a brave, uh, I mean, Raphael for call. And you guys want to go obscure Raphael? I don't think Andrew Jones, Andrew Jones was not a big batting average guy. He may have. Dale Murphy. Probably the most. Chipper, no Dale Murphy. If you guys for want call, I have score, no idea. I feel pretty good about for call, but you know, oh, boy. I, I gave Freddy, you Bob Feller one time. It's up Freddy to you guys. Freeman did it Freddy. um for call? Did you want me to go? Yeah, I, I, I'm. He might be right, but I'm nervous, dude. <sighs> okay, like so let's get this right. Freddie or or Chipper Jones? Chipper Jones. That's fine. Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones. I'm gonna look up forty three percent. All right, I mean, so I'm sure you're probably right. A blue and reds to me, Scott Rowland. Yep. Wow, he's, that's he right. He finished yeah. his career with Cincinnati. Yep. Good pull. Good pull. That's a good one. That's, that's perfect. Scotty Rowland. That'd be pretty rare, won't it? 16. Oh, 16. That's, Ooh, that's higher than I thought. All right. So okay, we, need a brave we have, we a, have a minute jay. 15 for a brave who is a blue jay. So obvious one for me, Josh Donaldson. Um, yeah, there you go. I mean, we, we can we can brainstorm maybe a little bit here, though, if we want. We have Donaldson in Fred our back McGriff. pocket. Fred McGriff. Fred McGriff. The crime dog. He was a, a blue jay early, right? Yes. Is there any pitcher? Let's do it, man. Let's do Fred. Now, McGriff. now is McGriff like we we have time here to yeah. try and go lower? I'll, if, I'll if bet he's under want. ten. I'll bet he's under ten. Crime dog? You think so? I yeah. doubt it, man. I think he's probably over ten. Hold on a second. So. Hold on a second. Pitchers. Forty seconds. Oh, uh, Tim Hudson. Na, 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 Braves pitchers. I'm trying to think of that because because that Braves staff in the '90s. John Steve Schmoltz. Did Schmoltz play for the Blue Jays? I don't uh, know. No, he did not pitch for the. He played for the Red Sox at the end. Yeah. I don't know, man. All right. Let's so get it right. Fred McGriff. Freddie McGriff. 
Time dog. 20 seconds left on the clock here. Yeah, you're right. 124. Immaculate, dude. That's a great score. 124. That's if we good, get under 100 work, guys. at some point. Good work, nice guys. Nice work, dudes. Way well to go. Done. Immaculate. I think that's our best one yet. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. What's, uh, okay, who? Most popular answers So here. Donaldson. Let's look up Raphael for call real quick here. Just kind of curious. Donaldson was 20. Oh, wow. Dave Parker was a. Uh, Oh yeah, he's both. common red yeah. and pirate. Yep, that's not surprising. Clemente, mm, God, I would have I screwed us again. Don't listen to me ever on this game. No, because well, you're coming up with for Carl's name, dude, and I'm like, we don't need to be doing that. He batted, he batted three hundred on the road. He batted three hundred multiple times with the Dodgers, but in his six years with the Braves, he peaked at two ninety five. So yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> looks like on. the toughest answers were Pirates and Reds and Blue Jays and Reds. Fifty two, fifty one percent of people. I thought okay. you were shook after the Feller miscue. I was like, other, other people sent me emails and tweets saying that they are also shook by the Feller thing. I was, thing, too. I was surprised, Somehow too. I Feller right. did not strike out. But, I mean, I learned up. my lesson. 0.6 on Kirby. That's no, great, man. No, no dude, I'm, I am shocked oh, it was. It's that low. That's awesome. Good job. Hey, thank you guys for helping us reignite the Scorner Twin Show here. We'll see if the Twins can make a run. For this putrid division, maybe they can score a couple runs against Oakland this weekend, and we'll hit you with our State of the Twins episode on Monday.